Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Welcome. You're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. My name is Promise, and we are so glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for today, Lord. Just thank you for giving us joy as we do your work, Lord, and showing us what you expect of us, Lord, and showing us how to walk with you, Lord, so that we are blameless. And, Lord, also that you bless us abundantly above what we ask you for, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us and to be a part of your faith walk in the Lord and your growth and development, we, it's something we don't take lightly. And this morning we're continuing our study in the book of, or the epistle of First Thessalonians. And we are, or I'll say, continuing our discussion on chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. So if it's your first time joining us or you're rejoining us, I want to encourage you to pause the episode at this time and just take the opportunity to read through that section of scripture making it easier to follow along in the discussion. Amen. 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 All right. And now the floor is open to you, for each of you to have the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit's speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have. So who'd like to begin? I would. All right, honey, honey. Okay. So when the Lord was speaking to us about this book, remind me again, honey, remind us again what he said to you about the book of Thessalonians. What did the Lord want us to learn from this? So it was about standing for the Lord, right? There was, mm-hmm. I'll say, is a is a progression, a process, right? Mm-hmm. That the Lord has taken us on here for the past few books, right? Mm-hmm. We started with Acts. We observe what it looks like to live out your faith for the mm-hmm. Lord. Mm-hmm. He brought us to then Ephesians, which is entering into divine alignment. Mm-hmm. Not what we think alignment looks like, but alignment from the Lord's perspective mm-hmm. and, and how alignment. to enter mm-hmm. into that, mm-hmm. All right? Not having a disjointed body or bride of Christ, but the body functioning as the Lord designed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by body, I mean body and bride or the mm-hmm. church, mm-hmm. as it's more typically referred to. Mm-hmm. Then we went into, or he brought us through Hebrews, which was developing or building an unshakable faith for the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's not just in being in alignment, right? Like there's an action required, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. getting our or getting us to a place where we can take our eyes off of what it appears in the natural. Uh, and by eyes, I mean not just what our eyes see, but also what our ears hear. Mm-hmm. And so we can clearly and accurately hear and see what the Lord is saying to us. Mm-hmm. And then now it's about standing for Him. There's the actual warfare part of things, but you cannot conduct warfare. And this is what the Lord was sharing. It is impossible to efficiently, effectively conduct warfare, wage a good warfare, and be victorious if all those other parts that he's walked us through up to this point Mm -hmm. are not also fully functioning within, I'll say, the member, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Each each of us, individually and collectively, Mm -hmm. right? So so that's where we're at, and, and that's why he brought us to first Thessalonians. I believe we are going to do both, right? Mm-hmm. Just because uh, I know we're going to do both um, because 
again, this is an example, and it shows what they were up against all but immediately. Mm-hmm. It's no different for us today, but yet they were, even with limited, if you want to call it limited training, they were moving forward in obedience to the Lord, just following his command, his leading, his guiding through Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and you know, also served as an example and a continuation of what, if you will, the first church looked like. All right. Amen. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Amen. You're welcome. When we closed off the episode, um, the previous episode, you were talking about um, putting away the things that don't reflect the character and the nature of God. And as you were talking, the Lord just began to speak to me about that and um, probably provide some clarification to verbiage. When we think about putting away something, we think oftentimes like the children of Israel did back in the Old Testament, I'm going to hide it for a later time, <laughs> or think about your wardrobe. You put away your winter wardrobe when it's summertime, or vice versa. You put away your summer wardrobe when it's winter time, but you never destroy it, right? You mean for it to be brought out at a separate time when when the weather is fitting, or when it's more convenient. And when um, in the previous episode, Layla was talking about being quickly obedient and how the Lord desired to draw us to Himself, to Himself, like. A hen wants to draw her chicks to herself, and that's for affection, safety, and protection that she draws them in and to guide them and direct them. And without being quickly obedient, we're not able to draw near to the Lord without that willingness to do that. And and in that verse that you read in Matthew, he said, I wanted to do this for you. And you hear the tenderness and affection and the love in his voice, but you were unwilling. You would not allow me to do this for you. So... When we're talking about standing, we cannot stand if we tolerate or we have hidden idols in our lives, hidden areas that God isn't able to minister to or speak to because we won't let him, Um, hidden areas that we are secretly um, depositing sin, just burying it like the man buried the talent in the ground so we can come and take it out later and have some use for it. But what the Lord was saying is that what he really means, and I know this is what you meant, my love, when you said um, uh, put it away, was to destroy it from your Mm -hmm. life so that it's never seen or heard from again, that it's not even to be remembered among you. It cannot be. Ever again. And so we're not talking about folding up a sweater because now spring is over and summer is here and sticking it in your closet so that you can get it out later and wear it when it's time. We're talking about you walking in the fullness of being a new creation in Christ Jesus and being uh, clean from sin and unrighteousness and your desire to partake of it, because that is the difference. You know, like the children of Israel, they would celebrate with God when he did something good, but the moment it seemed like God wasn't looking directly at them, they would get out idols and start engaging in, you know, all kind of ungodliness and fall away. And then the Lord would you know, speak to them again, call them back and all that other kind of stuff. But he really desired that they would see that his way was better, his way was good, and that they would take his heart, his mindset, his attitude, his perspective on life and have a pure motivation as to seeing and understanding what's good and what's right and what's bad and what's wrong, right? Or unrighteous and what's wrong. And that we would choose good, we would choose him. And the children of Israel are not isolated in their perspective. We read that in Thessalonians um, in verse nine, 
For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. So everyone, as you mentioned, Lilo, um, was found in this place. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have taken this route to turn away from God and betray him at the at a moment's no, notice and the mm-hmm. easiest convenience. But what God is saying and what he's showing us here when he's and, and what he wants to show us in this journey of standing is that we should cling to him. Amen. Love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves so that we endure. And that endurance does not come from physical... Um, Weightlifting capabilities, right? Physical qualifications. This is a, a determination that's made in the inward part of each and every human being for themselves to pursue God. So Jason couldn't have decided for the rest of the Thessalonians, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> no, they each individually had to make their choice before God to stand and to persevere and to endure whatever the hard testing was, whatever the um, trial that came to them. And no matter what, even if it was a good time, they were going to serve Jesus Christ and destroy idolatry from their life. And that's just a, idolatry. The way I used it is just an, a catch-all mm-hmm. for anything and everything that they were doing outside of the Lord. They were going to pursue him and destroy the evidence and the remnants or any kind of um, residue of that sin in their life as far as what their part was, right? God came and cleansed them and made them new and all that, but they had to destroy the physical idols, that they had because their houses were full of them. The marketplaces were full of them. They were going to places where idolatry was. It was all around them, but they had to destroy that from being a part of their life. They didn't tear everybody else's idols down. (laughs) They destroyed their own so that they had a clean heart towards God. Yes, mommy. That's all I wanted to say for now. All right. Anyone else? I would. And all right, Layla. There was something else, and Dad, you you mentioned this when Paul was talking mm, in verse five, what kind of conduct he had before them, and how you mentioned that was another example for us today. That it it's not we aren't maturing in the Lord to get to a place where then we can cast off restraint and act however we want to when we are in positions of authority. Or an example, like a, a pastor of a church, we're not pursuing the Lord so that we quote-unquote earn that place and that title is bestowed upon us to then extort one another and mistreat one another in any now way, we shape, can or sin, form. but that's destroying yes us. in any way shape and form and, and mm-hmm. we'll we'll see a little more of this when we get into chapter two and examining paul's conduct and how he acted among the thessalonians but for right now even here he he didn't come with just you do this this list this laundry list of requirements that he didn't him he himself didn't live by just like our lord and savior didn't come with this list of requirements that he himself didn't live by he met all the wickets first before he came to anybody else to to preach that message because it would have made him a hypocrite if he had spoken the word and not lived it so likewise for us we become hypocrites when we speak the word only but we're not living it and we're not demonstrating the value and the worth and the reason that we are living according to the lord's commandments not just because it it, makes us feel good because it makes us look special or anything else but just genuinely because we love the lord anytime we do that we fall into hypocrisy and that's sin which means we're driving ourselves further away from the lord so even in this paul is watching himself 
and making sure he's not setting a stumbling block in front of anybody else or driving the chicks away from the hen or the the children away from the Lord through his misconduct, through his misbehavior and bad examples. So he's also teaching the Thessalonians to, to watch each other and hold each other accountable as they're growing in the Lord to make sure no one is setting a pit or a snare or a trap for their, their brothers and sisters because each individual is accountable to the Lord for what they teach the others and each individual has a value in the eyes of the Lord no no person's life is less valuable than another's they all matter in the eyes of the Lord as and especially children and you can and this is the way the Lord likened it to me even though you're a physical adult maybe legal age here in the United States is 18 you're still his children when you choose to be so it's better that we, for our benefit and for the benefit of others around us, that we watch ourselves and demonstrate self-control because they are little children too. And we see what happens to those teachers that set stumbling blocks in front of the little children. So as we're going through this part of standing is also standing in righteousness and remaining. It doesn't matter if you stand for five seconds and then fall over for the next 30 years. The point of standing is to still be there when the hurricane is over, when the tornado is over, when the battle is over, you're still here to, you're still present to say here to the muster call at the end of whatever mission it was, not, oh, you, for, for me an example, you, you didn't demonstrate self-control. So instead of bringing the true blessing that God wanted to bring, I ruined it and not just for myself, but for anybody else that I interacted with in that process, I took away from all the fullness that the Lord would have brought. So watching Paul give this instruction and, and always tying it back to the Lord Jesus, how he lived the word first and then he spoke it. He didn't just, you know, like I said earlier, making demands and saying you better meet these wickets while he himself was living waywardly we should be we should have the same testimony that we live it first and then we preach it not that you can't do it simultaneously but as you read in i believe it was second corinthians right um chapter nine being ready to punish all disobedience when your own obedience is fulfilled when you've made sure that you are standing before the lord in righteousness when you have put away all sin from your life and you are clean and pure and blameless and holy before the lord then you can go out and correct others but as long as you have sin on the books you've got to correct yourself first even when they had the qualifications for elders he must manage his own household well first otherwise he would not respect and train up the house of god properly the way he should have because he was unable to because they didn't have the standard in their own house first there was no authority to enforce it on others again that that goes to the hypocrisy um piece promise i want to ask you a question are you more willing or less willing to do something that i tell you say wash the dishes quickly when i take forever less willing why because if you're not putting the effort forth yourself it makes no difference if i put it forth if we're trying to reach a goal if you're not willing to meet it then there's no reason for me to meet it either exactly so when we set that that standard there's no reason for me to meet it 
there's no reason for me to be obedient to the Lord. Others around us are going, well, there's no reason for me to be obedient either. And the Lord must not be that important for me to put in that effort to demonstrate my obedience and my love for him. If you're acting like this and you are quote unquote in authority or further advanced and more mature than I am. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Well, I would like to go back to what mommy was talking about earlier and how that she also spoke about this, how they had to completely destroy what was inside of their lives. That was contrary to the Lord. Yes. Mm-hmm. And how a lot of times they used to think of it as blatant things, as in blatant idols. But the Lord also had to remind me that it's more than just blatant idols that spoil the soup, if you will. I believe inside of the Song of Solomon, it talks about how it's the little things that end up ruining what we want. The little foxes spoil the vines. Yes, and how the Thessalonians, they couldn't let religion take the place of all the other idols that mm-hmm. they had previously gotten rid of. Mm-hmm. And you can see Paul addressing that here. Not explicit, He's not explicitly saying, you better make sure that you're serving God completely. But it says, mm, let me go to flip to it. Mm. Ah, yes. In verse 9 and 10. For they themselves declare concerning us what matter of entry we had to you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for a son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. From the wrath, wrath to come. And how we can see here that the only, if we allow anything other than the Lord to control us, that's an idol. That's right. And so we have to constantly be making sure that we don't have that sponsor of our lives. And the way we do that is by first giving God pre- preeminence inside of everything. If the God tells you, if the Lord tells you to do something, then do it as soon as he asks you. And the Lord had to tell me about that because when he would ask me something, I would usually, if it was something I didn't want to do, I would groan. I would get weary about what I was doing. And the Lord was telling me that unless I did it with a joyful heart, the Lord wouldn't be pleased with me. Then you brought up the example of hip- hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. And how it's the same here. If we uproot, if we destroy one idol to replace it with another, there's no good there. Mm-hmm. It still can have the same outcome. Though mm-hmm. it may seem holy and pious as trying to do the right thing with the, as with the Pharisees, mm-hmm. on the outward they looked holy and pious, but on the inside they were full of ungodliness mm-hmm. because their foundation wasn't the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's like saying... I'll go to church every Sunday, but I'm not going to listen to what you say, God. Like, I'll sit in the pew, but don't don't say anything to me. Don't try to direct me or correct me. I'm not going to listen to that, but I'll show up. So that's that's being your mouth is drawing near to God, or it looks like your body is drawing near, but your heart is far from him. Mm-hmm. Oh, and very quickly, the Lord had to enlighten me about what that was like. Inside of the Gospels, it talks about Matthew. It talks about how 
with the Pharisees. They would see Abraham and the Israeli forefathers entering in, but they themselves would be cast out. And that's how the Lord had to show me that. While I thought I wasn't necessarily bad to have a grudging heart about what God was asking me to do, the Lord still showed me that if I had a grudging, grudging heart, that was the same as me disobeying God's orders, which is mm. the same as not following God. Mm-hmm. And this feeling that the Lord expressed to me was more so groaning when they saw, for the Pharisees, was groaning when they saw what happened because mm-hmm. they themselves were cast out. And and because of that feeling, if you can visualize this, visualize this for a moment, for example, if I were cleaning and mommy and dad said, hey, after you're finished cleaning, you can go outside and play. But because I didn't finish, I saw my siblings leave without me. And I had to stay behind to finish my cleanup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the feeling the Lord had to express to me, except for concerning entering to heaven, there's no second chance. Once that person, unless God grants it, unless that once that person goes to hell, that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. So we're to make ourselves prepared then, right? Yes. yes. We are to make ourselves a people prepared for the Lord. This is return. But that comes with standing not just then, but now for the Lord, demonstrated by all. Uh, I love what Paul says, or the Lord through Paul, excuse me, let me correct myself, mm-hmm. here in verse 8. And he's, he's saying, your faith towards God has gone out so that we do not even need to say anything. It was being demonstrated that they were moving, yes, in faith, but being led by Holy Spirit to accomplish all the Lord <laughs> desired Amen. for them to accomplish. And it's no different for us today. Amen. We must ask ourselves, are we willing to actually demonstrate this same kind of faith, to actually stand for the Lord and what he says. Amen. That's the only way we'll be victorious. Amen to that. Both in our personal life, but also collectively. Mm-hmm. So we're going to pause there for today. Now, with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, promise. Lord, I thank you for today, Lord, and that you guide us into your paths, Lord, and that you guide us into truth, Lord. That you show us your wisdom, Lord, and how to apply it correctly, so that we may be like you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' amen. almighty name we pray, amen. And amen. Oh, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. 
remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.